lads, welcome to another cracking episode on Shakey's Sports Journeys. Uh, you can find us simply by searching Shakey's Sports Journeys on YouTube, Spotify, iTunes and Podbean. Please do subscribe. If I didn't say that, Shakey would be hammering me for the rest well of Well done, mate. Well done. I'm proud of you. You got it right. You did it right. Well done. Today, today we catch up with a, a fellow uh, borderer like myself. Um, Liam is from Churnside and uh, I'm not sure if there's any more than 500 people for Churnside, but... We'll, we'll get to that when we come. But current St. Johnson player, ex-Hibs footballer, uh, Liam, thanks for coming along, mate. Thanks for having me. I'm looking forward to it. Reminiscing. Hopefully got one or two funny stories in there as well. So, yeah, well, try and leave David Witherspoon alone. <laughs> well, David David always said, he, I was like, Dave, who, you know, who could we possibly give off the back of, back of you doing the podcast? And he said, well, Liam Craig. And he mentioned Liam, he mentioned you a few times. So, I'm hoping for a couple of good stories, mate. There's a bit, a bit of pressure on here. To be fair, I'm more off the cuff. I'm not very good at delivering that. I'm more off the cuff, so uh, it could be difficult. That's how we like it, mate. That's how we like it. Straight <laughs> off the cuff. No. These are usually the, the, the joke, the expense of the joke as well. So, um, no, I look forward to it. He did, he, he, David, he did mention a few um, sort of nicknames and stuff, but I'll leave, I'll leave them out, mate. We're not here to attack you. We're here to hear your story. Um, <laughs> you've, had a, you've had a pretty fruitful career in, in Scottish football. So, mate, if you don't mind, I'll take you back, I suppose, and, and ask, you know, we've obviously played a little bit of cricket, which is not as exciting as playing professional football. But in terms of when you were growing up as a young lad in Churnside, who was sort of like the, who was your mentor then? Who 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 sort of got you into football back in such a young age? And obviously being for the borders, it's pretty limited opportunity as well. No, absolutely. I think um, really it was just a case of playing with your mates. And, um, you know, as much as it's not a big place, there was a lot of people my age or older a huge learning curve because if you wanted to play with the older boys, you know, you had to look after yourself as well. So, um, obviously, my dad played East of Scotland. Um, probably that was as, as high as he got in the game, if you like. Um, but I'd, I'd say he was a huge influence. I mean, it never put any pressure on me, just a case of go and enjoy playing. And unfortunately, at the time, Chinside never really had a junior setup, if you like. So, the first club I ever signed for was Coldstream. Um, when I was seven year old and you know I was playing in there under 11 seven aside team me and Joel Murray who has went on to have a great career in women's football as well obviously captained Hibs played in the European Championships with Scotland um, Champions League with Hibs as well so for Chelsea being such a small place to produce you know myself and Joel to go on and captain Hibs at the same time yeah. um, you know it's something for the for the village to be very proud of yeah just just we, we seem to hear that quite a lot from people that go on to play professionally, that you're from a young age, you were used to playing against kids a lot older than you. Do you think that stood you in good stead as you moved through the moved into professional ranks? No, absolutely, because you had to be, you know, fortunately when I was younger, I was quite big anyway, but you had to be stronger, you had to be um you had to put up with the tackles that you know you weren't used to with people your own age. So I think um ah, moving forward definitely it helped me. And there was a lot of good players in the area like um, that maybe never hit the heights of maybe, you know, the, the Scottish leagues, if you like, but certainly played at a good level, East of Scotland, and Chelsea's always had a good amateur team, um, and always, you know, even last week, we'll go on to winning the Cup, but brought back down to earth with my dad when he told me more people watched him win the Waddle Cup for Chelsea than watched me at Hander last week, so, <laughs> um, you know, talking about getting brought back down to earth with a bang, so, but no, it was good, and, you know, that was probably my first experience, you know, going to watch my dad every Saturday. Um, I'll be honest, I used to love sitting outside the changing room and some of the stuff you used to hear. Um, it probably set me in good stead for some of the managers I went to work under as I got older as well. Um, but I loved it. And, I, you know, you went to watch my dad play and watch Chernside play, probably just to get a shot and a, a set of goals with Nets on at half time when they were in getting their team talk. So, um, no, it was a great place to grow up. And, you know, I love going back there. My family's all still down there. Um, and when I go down there, you are just Liam Craig who grew up in the village. It's not a case of uh, a professional footballer. Everyone knows my knows me and knows my family for who we are, and I'm glad that that's never changed. It's a funny, it's interesting you say that. It's I can remember you certainly get lumps kicked out of you back then, mate. From from a young age, I've I've went to watch uh, the old Kelso Thistle and the Kelso United many times, and it's. It's it's a it's a it's a task in it. It's a grown up phase, and that's for you. Did so you did you go to Berwick Rangers and mate? Did you sort of coast him into Berwick Rangers and then and then down to Ipswich, wasn't it from a young age? No. So I went to seven aside at Coldstream for a couple of years, and then um, 
I ended up going 11 aside at Berwick and we played in which was called the Coastal Colts League. So that was like the northeast of England. So again, you know, Berwick, not the biggest town in the world, but going down to Newcastle in the northeast of England to play against uh, some very good teams. Um, again, it was just good for my development at that time. Um, stayed there for two years, loved it. Um, played with a lot of good players then as well. And then I actually went to Hearts when I was 12. So I was at Hearts for four years, believe it or not. Um, as a, as planners a, will as love a, that. Planners, planners will love that. <laughs> Dee didn't fill you in with that, but but no, I went to Hearts, and I'll be honest with you, I thought at fourteen, fifteen, I would have definitely assigned full time with Hearts. I played in a very good team. Jamie McDonald was my goalkeeper from the first day I went in the door. Um, who he's went on obviously have a, a really good career as well. But it was another few boys within that team that went on to play um, senior football in the leagues as well. So. And and I, I I generally loved it there, um, being part of the, the the youth team at Hearts. And but when I got to fifteen, um, it wasn't quite working out how I thought it would. And I was playing Scotland Schoolboys at the time, and that's how the opportunity to to go to Ipswich came up. I remember sitting in school one day at Berkshire High School, and getting a a note handed me for the teacher saying I've got to go and see my guidance teacher. And, at 15 year old, you're thinking the worst. Uh, and I went along to see him. And to be fair, he handed me a note just with a number for the, the scout who was working at Ipswich at the time to give my phone if I'd be interested. And, you know, as a young kid at 15 year old, to have the opportunity to go and have a look at Ipswich Town um, was certainly appealing. And when I went down there, I, I, I didn't want to come back up the road. And they were just their first season back out of the Premier League at that time as well. So a huge club. Um, at that time, obviously not in a great position just now, but from the moment I walked in the door at Ipswich, I felt this is the place I need to be playing my football. How old were you, Liam, when you went down there? I turned 16 in December and I moved down there in the, the first week in January. So it was a huge step, um, a massive step, jumping on the train at Berwick yourself and uh, away doing changing at Peterborough across to Ipswich. And as I say, 16-year-old, it was good because we had other players, you know, same age, a couple from Scotland, uh, we actually moved in with a landlady who is originally from Elgin, um, living in Ipswich. So it was very, I think there was only one daily record in the wee paper shop up the road that they kept for us every day just to keep an eye on Scottish football. But um, no, it was it was a great experience, great learning curve. And as disappointed as I was that I never made the first team, I believe the reason I'm still playing now at 34 is the grounding that they gave me um, at 16-year-old till, till I was 19 when I left. Would you have been spotted playing against the English schoolboys? Was that is that how that came about? I'm, I'm, I'm getting from the story. Aye, so it was just like the old Victory Shield, if you like. It's still obviously going now at the time. It was Scotland, Northern Ireland and, and, and Wales and England. Um, and I managed to s- score two goals against Northern Ireland out there. Um, we got beat 4-2 off England at Dingwall. And then the opportunity came, I think. Tom Huddleston was probably the one that I can remember from that. Um, England team um, and they were very good uh, as I say beat us 4-2 um, but the opportunity came up to go to Ipswich and like I say when I went down the setup was incredible I mean the, the training ground they had the full um, full size dome all indoor so I just felt for my development um, that was the place to be obviously Hearts didn't have obviously the training at the Orium now at the time they never had a training ground um, you know probably Rangers were the only team that had Murray Park I know Hibs was later on when they got uh, their facility out in uh, Dalkeithway now as well. So I just felt for my development, it was a great opportunity, a, a chance to work with George Burley, who was the manager at the time. I was going to uh, ask, was he the coach then, was he? Aye. Uh, obviously, he wouldn't have had much to do with, with me in terms of signing. But I remember it going to a tribunal as well because Hearts wanted to keep me. So I had to go to a tribunal in Manchester. Um, with Ipswich was, uh, obviously, the Ipswich were there, Hearts were there. Uh, and whatever happened, happened. Um, I don't know what ends and outs of that, but ended up signing for Ipswich, and as I say, loved my time there, and just felt that whatever happened there, I'd become a better person and a better player off the off the back of it, and as I said earlier, I think the grounding they gave me and the development there is why I'm still playing at this age. I think if I'd stayed at Hearts, I might have went on and, and done okay, Um but I certainly think I wouldn't have had the the grounding that I got there. Um, 
and the, the players I was training with, the coaches I was training with, just didn't just care about you, you, your football uh, side of your life. They cared about every part of your life and just looked after you properly. And as a young player going away from home, you know, the club doing that was huge for me and put my family at ease as well because I knew I was getting looked after well. And probably a good thing just to get me away from Edinburgh and my mates and my family. Just know that they were a bad influence, but it was just a chance for me to really grow up and become a footballer. Um, and something that I'd always dreamed about and now I had the opportunity to be, to, to do it full time. Plenty of plenty of jock jokes down there, I'd imagine. I've went we went both years have went down south and played against the, the boys down there. I'd imagine there was quite a bit of banter floating about the changing room. Uh, incredible. And the good thing was you had all these you had a, a core of players from Ireland and you know there was at the time three years from Scotland. Um, so on Fridays, and it was still that old school way, it was a case of like England versus the rest of the world, if you like, and 7v7s or, or 8v8s, 5v5s, whatever. And it got brutal at times, to be fair. Um, but the one big thing for me was you had to slow down when you spoke, otherwise nobody had a clue what you were saying. Um, which he knows that feeling. Flanners knows that feeling. <laughs> oh, <laughs> I remember going to Australia, Liam, to play cricket. I was 19, and you can imagine the Kelso lad, um, pretty fast <laughs> accent. And I remember an Aussie guy going, mate, what the, are you saying, mate? you got to slow down it. And I was speaking <laughs> so fast. And I remember coming back, and my dad's like, are you all right? I said, like, how come? He's like, you're speaking so slow. I was like, well, dad, to be honest, I wouldn't have lasted six minutes with there in six months. So I, I, I know the feeling. That it's I, think the, I, think the fact you, I think the fact you boys are from the borders as well, it's got... So it's, 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 it's ever so slightly just that bit different. So it's not the it's not the easiest to understand. Not as much as a bloody Asian uh, Glaswegian slang, that's for sure. Anyway, Jesus, no, oh, incredible. And that was the uh, the biggest thing for me uh, in terms of moving down there. But and funnily enough, obviously we went on and had success in the FA Youth Cup um, down yeah. there. And last week, um, that was two thousand and five. So we'd done a thing for fifteen year anniversary winning the cup uh, last year. And then there's a, a, a boy down there now doing a podcast and wanting to just to put together stories for the team at the time. So we've all broke up. Some of us went on to play longer than others, um, but still had a great memory there and a great experience together. And speaking to him again, I feel myself slowing right back down and trying yeah. to talk properly to him as well. But a great time. And I keep going back to, you know, working with George Willow, obviously got sacked not long after I signed. And then it was Joe Royal and Willie Donicky who was... Uh, Scotland International as well and, and they were brilliant as much as I never played in the first team I got a lot of opportunities to train with the first team and work under them and you were training I was a striker at the time and we had people like Marcus Bent Darren Bent Alan Armstrong Dean Bodrich was a young striker at the time but these boys would just come in like we'd have afternoon sessions where it was just the strikers so you were working with that Calabury player day in day out and again with the we Ipswich tucked away in East Anglia there it was very much a family atmosphere. Um, we got well looked after, well coached, and given an environment where you could go and develop if you, you wanted to go with the right attitude um, and the right mentality to learn. I was actually, uh, I read Alan Brazil's book, about, and he obviously talks very fondly of Ipswich, where he played there for years. So it seems like that type of club. And you probably scored more goals then, Liam, than you, you do these days. I, I looked back at your record, being a striker there, you must have scored a few goals. I will, again, that was in my younger days and it's probably what's, you know, I've scored, I've always wanted to score goals in my career, but it's probably what's helped my career because when I'm arriving in the box, just knowing where the ball might drop and being able to react to, to balls dropping in the box and even my runs in the box, um, you know, what I was learning back then, even though it was 16, 17 years ago, uh, certainly helps me now. Um, why, why do you think you didn't why did you not make the first team then, mate? Because that was obviously a pivotal point in your career there. Obviously, after that, is there a reason or was it just opportunity? Was it a strong first team? It was a strong first team at the time. The, the 2005, when we won the Youth Cup, I mean, I was lucky when I went down there. I was pretty much playing under-19s football on a Saturday and reserve football on a Tuesday. Um, I never, ever got the... Not, not, I never got the opportunity. We all had an opportunity to go and play in the first team, but I never, ever got that far um, but the season that we won the Youth Cup which ended up being my last full season the West Ham beat Ipswich in the playoff semi-final 2-1 so it just shows you know where the club was at that 
that that time, uh, you know, 16 years later, they've never been anywhere near that again, and now they're struggling, you know, even make the automatic places in League One. So, um, no, but at the time, you, you know, you had Dan Bent at the club who was, when you look what he's went and done with his career. Um, but I still think, I left in the December that year. I still had six months left, but Joe Royal had a good conversation with me about uh, that, you know, I maybe not get the opportunity to um, play in the first team. And at that point, the scout who'd actually brought me to Ipswich in the first place, he was he's from Pullman, Alan Fraser. He was working with Falkirk now, who were in the Premier League. And I phoned him up and I says, listen, it's not looking great. Um, and he says, leave it with me. And then when I came home from Christmas for two weeks, you know you're never near the first team. If at 19 year old you're still getting to come home for the two week break at Christmas, uh, I ended up having a meeting with John Hughes at Falkirk. Went up and watched a game, and um, you know, two weeks later I ended up signing. Yogi, brilliant. So, so was he? Was he the gaffer that took you on there? Was he? I so honestly so nervous about meeting him in the first <laughs> place. I went up. They were playing Kilmarnock the week before Christmas, and uh, I'm sure they went one 0 up in the game. Or it was one all anyway going into the last couple of minutes of the game and then James Fowler, someone who I've got to know great over the years now he's got this ball on his left foot and hit one for about 30 yards and it's went in the side net and then you're just going oh no I'm going to meet the manager like five minutes time here full time whistle went down the stairs with Alan to meet John and right for that first meeting I just thought this is a guy that you want to work for um, obviously you knew all the stories about him uh, but just the way he made you feel, the way, very similar to Tony Mowbray. I think they probably played together at Celtic as well, but I, I worked with Tony Mowbray at Ipswich and he was one of the best coaches I worked with in terms of just making you feel brilliant about yourself. Mm-hmm. Um, and someone who I phoned when I was leaving Ipswich, um, but he was at Hibs at the time, but that Hibs team was made up of Scotty Brown, Kevin Brilliant. Thompson. Played Aye. great football under Mowbray. Incredible that team as well, and he was honest to me then. Actually, Antonio Murray and Chris Hogg had left Ipswich and came to Hibs Way, uh, Tony at the time. Yeah. Um, and he was honest to me and he says, Listen, it's the one area where we've got a lot of, lot of good players. And as I said, for any names there, you can see why um, I never ended up at Hibs, but went to Falkirk and obviously in the Premier League at the time. And as I said earlier, we, we never stopped following Scottish football and we're down there. Mm-hmm. Um, and the opportunity to come up and you know, play with Falkirk in the Premier League was one that I didn't want to pass up and I ended up signing a six-month contract with him. What, what, age, were you, what age were you then at that point, Liam? I turned 19 that December um, and I signed in the in the January. So, as I said, the grounding I had at, at Ipswich, I just felt now was... That was my first professional contract I'd signed as well. So I never, ever signed a professional contract at Ipswich. It was just a, a, a YT or whatever you want to call it at the time. Um so I have the opportunity to sign my first professional contract was was incredible. And if I'd stayed in England, there might have been opportunities to go on trial with, with other clubs. Um, but I just felt the fact I could come back up the road after three years, a much better player, um, much better person probably as well, and working with a Premier League uh, team um, that had just been promoted as well. So there wasn't that pressure you were trying to compete for the top six. It was a case of first and foremost we stay in the league and you know I managed to play a lot of games in that six months and uh, I loved it loved it at Falkirk loved working under give us, under, give us some stories you must have a yogi story an absolute beauty surely he's the hardest man in Leith that's what I've got to tell the hardest man in Scottish football <laughs> um, to be fair one of the worst ones ever we went pre-season my first pre-season so this is six months on now so first pre-season away we go to Holland a wee place called Dwingle so you can imagine a tough week's training my first trip away you want to impress um, funnily enough I'd done so well before we'd, like that six month and coming back I'd uh, only signed a one year contract at the end of that season I came back in and this is where the manager was brilliant because I came back in early with under 19 squad because I wanted to hit the ground running my first full season in the Premier League and when a week of coming back he pulled me and offered me another year um, as well so that just right away just showed you how much trust he had in me and how he was going to reward someone that was willing to work hard how did uh, how did St Johnson come about then Liam obviously because you went you went to play there and you, you end up there for a long time 190 odd caps or something wasn't it in, in that stint um, or sorry it was, it was 100 yeah a big. And you played there for what three four seasons wasn't it 
five and a half years I ended up um, going to St. Johnson for not at Falkirk. You know, that season, my first full season, um, you know, I played a lot of games. And then the next season, I was suspended for the first game of the season and they beat Gretna 4-0. Um, and we signed a few more more players. And that was actually, the Falkirk Academies produced player after player throughout the years, at that, especially at that time. Um, and Scotty Arfield was one that was coming through. And that was his probably breakthrough season. Uh, and that coincided with him coming through and, you know, players playing well that I wasn't getting much opportunity. Um, and then round about end of November, start of December, the conversation came up about, you know, going on loan. And then St. Johnson came in a couple of weeks later, uh, who were in the first division at the time. So initially I just signed for a month just to go and play games. Uh, my first game was actually Hamilton away against, you know, Alec Neal in the middle of the park with James MacArthur and James McCarthy, um, who would have only been 16 at the time, but already you could see he was going to be a top, top player. Right. Um we lost that game 1-0, but managed to score on my home debut against Livingston the week after. Uh, and then when the month was coming to an end, the opportunity came up to stay at the end of the season and I jumped at it, to be fair. I was loving working under Derek McInnes and, and Tony Doherty and working at St Johnston. Um, and I signed to the end of the season and managed to get to the... We were never going to win the league. We were third behind, I think, Hamilton and Dundee. Hamilton won the league, I think Dundee were second, but we were miles behind from early on that season, I think. Uh, but we got to the semi-final of the Scottish Cup only to lose off Rangers on penalties, actually. And that was a Rangers team that ended up getting the, Euro, uh, the UEFA Cup final uh, that season as well. So uh, we actually went 1-0 up in, in uh, extra time. Uh, and then Rangers got a penalty to make it 1-0 and then we lost on penalties. But again, the opportunity came up to sign longer. Uh, my contract at Falkirk had run out at this time. Uh, they they wanted to keep me, they offered me a contract. There was one or two other offers on the table, financially much better, but right away I, I started to see a little bond developing with St Johnson with the supporters and what Derek McInnes was trying to build at the club. Uh, he brought Jody Morris to the club, who, again, growing up, you're watching Premier League years and that, uh, he was a, a huge name. So when he was bringing people like him to the club um, and he sold me what he, his vision for the club, if you like, and he wanted to go and win the league next season and he was building a team to do that and I wanted to be a part of it and, you know, to his word, we, we went out, didn't have a great start, we were second bottom after five games, knocked out the Challenge Cup, knocked out the League Cup, uh, but then we went on a 22-game unbeaten run and ended up winning the league that season and, uh, as I say, I signed a three-year contract um, and I was back to playing in the Premier League with St Johnson and, you know, loving my time there. Just done. Just on that, you mentioned Rangers. I'll just put this out there. Liam, I'm a Rangers man. So uh, pretty happy right now. Life is good. Uh, I can but, imagine. You know, coming in, coming back to Scottish football, getting into the Premier, you, you'd already had a taste of it at Falkirk. Now you're back in with St, with St. Johnston. Um, the, the the bar must have always been there when you're playing at these Like, obviously, you're going to play at Hibs. We'll talk about that as well. But when you come up against the old firm, Celtic and Rangers... That must be the ultimate when you. That must be the real challenge that you set set yourself up for. No, I I think you know my first game at Celtic Park was in the February, uh, and by this point Roy Keane had signed. And I think his only goal for Celtic came that night um, against us. So I mean, you can imagine when you know you followed Scottish football for twenty odd year, and now it's under the lights at Celtic Park three or four weeks into my time at the club. Um, you know, and you're standing at the side of the park in front of 60,000 ready to come on. It's, it is what you dream about when you're playing at Chermside at Kelso at Coldstream when you're younger. Um, and to play against people like John Hartz and Bobo Bald. I remember walking out the tunnel that night and just the size of these guys was, it was incredible. Um, but to, but that's what you, you wanted to go and compete with these guys. And that's the biggest thing, you know, it's 16. You know, clubs will take a chance on you because obviously you've got a degree of ability, but now at 19, 20, 17, 18, 19, 20, have you got the character, the desire, the mentality to go and compete with these boys that are older than you, they're bigger than you, they're stronger than you, um, but can you go and compete with them? And, you know, you play against Rangers, people like Barry Ferguson, like, it was the biggest thing, you go we'll talk about Kevin Thompson as well when I played at Hibs with him. You see why these boys have played at the highest level. Just small things off the ball, their movement, the way they receive the ball, their first touch, it's immaculate. And that's why they're playing at the level they have for so many years. So it was a massive learning curve for me. And I remember a game up at Petodre against Aberdeen for Falkirk and 
playing against Barry Nicholson, who was a Rangers youth team player, played a few times before. Um, I don't know if he went on firm in Aberdeen or went straight to Aberdeen. And I've laughed about this with Barry now, but I remember every time I had the ball, went for a challenge, he'd leave a wee bit on me, no foul on me. But if you went up for a header, he'd leave a bit on you. If you went 50-50, he'd leave a bit on you. And that was the day when I started to think, if I'm going to be a football player, I've got to stand up to this and show mm-hmm. that I'm, I'm not going to be bullied and not going to be pushed about. And even now, you know, I still remember that game fondly and remember playing against Hearts with Stephen Presley, Rangers with Ferguson and Davy Weir. Um, you know, Celtic now with Scott Brown and players like that, Gary Caldwell back in the day. How they used to manage the game and people moan at me for shouting at referees and shouting at this, shouting at that. You know, I was watching these other guys, how probably one day as obvious as me, and that's what I, where I let myself do. They were better at it than me. But you could see how they were, you know, trying to run games, not just on the ball, but dictate how the game was going to go. And yeah, it was a massive learning curve. And as I say, with the grounding I got football wise at, at Ipswich, certainly in the early parts at Falkirk, I was starting to develop into, you know, how I can be a footballer for the next 10, 15 years. And, you know, I think it was a huge learning curve. One I look back on now and you wonder how you actually coped at times because yeah. it was tough. And, you know, I suppose that's where you start building your resilience to go going to speak about hibs and disappointments. And, um, you know, you've got to use this as, as fuel for yourself moving forward if you want to have a career in the game. Well, let's strike where, where the iron is hot. So, um, you know, you've, you've established yourself back in the, the Premier League. Um People obviously putting tackles in. You heard that back in the day. It was a lot more, wasn't it? Like people were strapped in the back of Achilles and leave it in and elbows. In and, and so then you went to Hibs, mate, and you mentioned disappointment there. So I remember you at Hibs being, scored a couple of good goals, actually. Um, good finisher, great left left peg. I actually watched your goal at the weekend there. And I'm no, I don't want to dampen the part a wee bit, mate, but the keeper's got to save that at the weekend. He's, he should have got a hand on that, no? Fairness to the goalie, when I take my touch... I'm sure it's Gogic that's in my eye line. And I don't know if you maybe talk about your goalie's positioning, but I knew if I got the ball past Gogic's right-hand shoulder, eh, right-hand side, sorry, the goalie couldn't get there. So as much as people are saying he should save it, (laughs) there was such a big gap there that I generally think he doesn't see it until later. Uh, Maybe I'm doing him a disservice. I thought it was a really good goal. but Do you know what that was? That's just a hippie. Just trying to give you a bit of grief there, mate. Listen, to be fair, great first touch. And I was expecting it because on Twitter, I, I, I read, oh, brilliant finish. Liam Craig, I thought, he's done us. You know, Hibs going a nice wee run there. They've been beaten two games in a row. St. Johnson absolutely pumped us in, in the cup. And I'll come to that in a minute. And I actually want to touch base on that because Saints are putting some serious performances this year. And I just wonder why you are when you're in the league. But yeah, great goal the weekend, mate. And Going talking about Hibs now, so went to Hibs. Terry Butcher's the manager, was he when he when he brought it on? Oh, it was Pat Fenlon that signed me. Oh, was it was it that calamity? Was it? Aye. Again, people give Pat a hard time, but you know, never forget the night I went and signed for Hibs. Um, signed in, signing the pre-contract, buzzing about it, and then probably we played Hibs later that month. Uh, we won three-one. Ron Vine scored two at Easter Road, and Paddy Craig scored a really good goal. Um, and then the next time I watched Hibs play was actually at the semi-final. I was there that day oh, yeah. uh, against Falkirk. And they were 3-0 down at half-time. And I generally thought, as much as Pat signed me and I was looking forward to working with him, if Hibs never came back and won that day, I wasn't sure if Pat was going to be there after mm-hmm. uh, for the next season. A shame but that Pat, happened. But Jimmy Nicholl, when he had came in as assistant that summer that I signed, and another guy that, you know, loved sitting listening to him, going bus trips with away games or when we were in Spain pre-season, you know, speaking to Jimmy about his career and obviously he does the after-dinner speaking and stuff. Brilliant. Um, and to be fair, Pat pulled me first game of the season. Obviously, the, the Malmo stuff was just horrendous. Uh, you know, talking about home debuts and you lose 7-0 to Malmo. That was tough. Um, he come back for that and then we lose the first game of the season to Motherwell. And then we go to Tynecastle. Obviously, they were young at the time. You know, no one knew a lot about their players apart from that they had the potential to go and do really well. They beat us one 0 um, and then I think we drew one all with Dundee United at home the week after. And then Pat actually pulled me on the was it the Thursday? We were playing Kilmarnock on the Saturday, and Pat pulled me on the Thursday 
and had a proper pop at me before and just says, listen, you're not doing enough. Um, I need more from you. You're going to be playing Saturday. But probably because Tomo got sent off against Dundee United was why I was probably still in the team on the Saturday. Um, and he had a go at me about, I've got to do more. Uh, and he was right. You know, I wasn't hitting the heights that I'd hit uh, at St Johnston. Um, on the Saturday, we ended up beating Command like 2-1 and I scored both the goals. And, you know, everything was a lot easier at Hibs when you were winning and scoring goals. And that sort of kicked us on um, a wee bit. But then we ended up playing Hearts in the Cup game and first half hour we battered Hearts, to be fair. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then Ryan Stevenson scored a world day in the, yeah. uh, in the game and they beat us 1-0. And that ended up being Pat's last game. And then a month or six weeks later, or maybe a month later, uh, obviously, Terry Butcher came in, and uh, at the time when Terry came in, you know, I think no one thought it was a bad move for the club. Quite uh, it was quite an exciting move, I thought. I mean, he done he'd done a decent job, didn't he? And in, in his, his previous role, and I thought, you know, it was what we needed. But I thought we needed a little bit of go and drive and, and, and a bit of yeah. bottom about the team. And I thought Terry could bring that, but it was completely the opposite. And then, in the end, it was. But initially, you know, he, we did all right. I mean, he came in and, and made me captain. Something I'll always be grateful for. And yeah. To, to cut, obviously coming for the borders, I knew the size of the club that Hibs were as well. Yeah. Um, I knew a lot of Hibs supporters and it was a real honour to play for the club, but the captain the club was huge and something that I'm still very proud of. And we, his first 10, it must have been his first nine or 10 games, I think we only lost to Celtic at Parkhead uh, and we lost that game 1-0. You know, for, you know the Chris, for Christmas to this middle of January, we beat Ross County up there, then we beat Kilmarnock at home, then we beat Hearts in the Derby, again I scored the winner that night, something that I'll always remember, a right. full house at Easter Road and you scored the winner in the Derby, something you'll never forget, um, and then we went to Dundee United the, that weekend, drew to all, I scored both the goals that day, um, so personally I was happy with how I was playing, uh, earlier in the season I'd scored a, my only hat-trick in my career, albeit against Stranraer in a League Cup game, but you know, still got the match ball, uh, in the house as well so we we were doing alright and then after that after January we went up to Aberdeen on a Friday night Willow Flood scored in the last minute to beat us 1-0 and that was the first time that the manager had really went mental at us and he probably never had an opportunity before then because as I say I think it was only Celtic that beat us um, in, in the first dozen games Was that a turning point Liam Drake? Was that, was that did he lose Aye. the boys there did he? I've, I don't know if you lost boys. It, it, you could only ask individuals that if... But it's certainly after that, I think we only won one game and that was against Ross County. Um, I'm not saying it was down to that moment. Listen, managers can come and have a pop all the time and I've never, ever blamed anyone, one person, for us getting relegated. At the end of the day, it's a collective. Um, was there a breakdown between the manager and the players? Probably breakdown in trust. I don't think he probably trusted us. Um, and that's something you've got to earn, I suppose, as a manager and as a player. And we weren't doing enough for him and maybe vice versa. But as a squad of players, we should never have got relegated. I mean... Were you still captain? Were you still, were you still captain at this point? Aye. That must, so, have, been uh, a, that must have been a real, a real test for you as well as a, as a leader with the wheels kind of coming off after everything going swimmingly for you, new manager, your captain, your scoring... That must have been a real testing point in your career to, to be to, for the ship to be sinking and you know it's falling with you and the manager a lot of it. Probably for the first time in my career that I'd really hit that bit of adversity, if you like, because St Johnston we got for the the uh, Falker, obviously the Premier League, St Johnston we got promoted. You know, the season I left St Johnston, we finished third in the league. So, you know, that's where you know I sort of came from a season later. Um that few months at Hibs for January to the end, February to the end of the season was just, we were never it was never like, we just kept falling, we never got into a position where we were ever bottom, it was just that last game, we always had a chance to get out of it and we just never, and that's the biggest disappointment because as a group we should have had enough about us to to have got out of it and we never um, and as I say I, I take as much responsibility as anyone else for that um, and that was a tough summer you know, I remember once Hamilton had beat us the day after, um, you know, getting told that, you know, my Hibs career was over if I wanted to leave. Um, I didn't want to leave. I wanted to to 
stay and, and help the club get back up. I love playing for Hibs. Um, a couple of weeks later, uh, to be fair, a couple of teams phoned me during that period as well. Um, you know, St. Johnston being one of them, about coming back to St. Johnston. Uh, and it could have happened, but by this time, Butcher had left. George Craig, someone I knew from my Falkirk days, had came in with Leanne Dempster um, and told me that, listen, you're no leaving. Um, so then I was happy enough with that. I was uh, excited about the season ahead. Alan Stubbs had been appointed. Um, and my first meeting with Alan was brilliant. I, and I stayed captain. And David Grade came to the club, someone I knew from my Hearts days. He was a year below me at Hearts, so someone I was I knew as well. And you know, there was a real belief that we could go and you know win the the, the championship that year. Um, and it was a season where I think anyone that worked under Alan Stubbs at Hibs, you know, would have loved it. He was brilliant along with his assistant John Doolan and Big Taff that was there at the time. Uh, and that season, although we never got promoted, I really enjoyed um, my time there. Uh, and again, hugely disappointed we never got promoted. We ended up finishing second uh, and Rangers beat us in the, in the playoffs. Um, losing 2-0 at Ibrox was tough because we'd beat Rangers 4-0 uh, that season at Easter Road. We'd beat them 3-1 at Ibrox. Um, and in the return leg, Jason scored, I think, the last kick of the ball to make it 1-0 to us. Uh, so we lost the game 2-1 and, you know, I, there was talk of me staying longer at that time. I'd had the discussions, um, but after we never got up, um, I went and met with Alan and George on the Monday and my time at H uh, Hibs was at an end and I was devastated because, uh, as I say, I, I, I generally love playing for the club and I didn't want to leave them in the first division, you know, having been with them in the Premier League. But I genuinely felt under Alan Stubbs, under George, under Leanne, that the club was in a really good place and was only going to move forward. I was going to say, Liam, and, and who was the sort of standout players for you when you were at playing at Hibs? I think you mentioned Kevin Thompson. Was that when you were first there? Obviously, he's class. Anyone else that stood out for you there? And, and did you, sort of second question, did you see potential in Stubbs to do what he, he did do, I suppose, moving forward? Uh, Tomo was, you know, I loved playing with Tomo. I loved watching him in training, you know, left-sided midfielder. Um, the same with myself. But again, just watching him in training, watching these players close up and, you know, spoke about Jody. I was lucky enough to work with Russell Latipe at Falkirk as well and, you know, top, top players. And when you get to watch them day in, day out, um, it's brilliant. And to play alongside these guys uh, was was even better. Um, and now, you know, I see Tomo moving into coaching. I know I can pick the phone up to him and talk to him about that side of it as well. Um, but I had my first conversation with Alan probably lasted about an hour uh, in his office and it was just talking about the season that had gone, what I felt had went on, where I felt uh, it could have been better. Um, so it was great for me that he had that, you know, belief in me that I wasn't going to, mm -hmm. you know, just make stuff up. I was, you know, it was everything's on the table here. Um, and he brought John Doolan to the club, who was excellent for him. Uh, and along with Big Taff, who was like the mentor to everybody. And certainly just the way that Alan spoke, um, I just felt along with George and Leanne, the club was putting together you know, a good structure that it was going to move forward. I'd seen the work that George had done at Falkirk when I was there. Obviously, Leanne had done similar at Motherwell. Um, so I, I think you could definitely see they were they were in a good place. And, you know, fast forward a year, I was at the Falkirk game when they lost in the playoff final, eh, sorry, semi-final when Falkirk beat them, was it 3-2 in the last minute? Yeah. Uh, and then they went out to play the cup final um, the week after beating Rangers and, one of my best mates and closest mates, Dave Gray, scoring the winner. But him coming to the club was huge as well. I just think in terms of his attitude, the way he went about it, the way he spoke, the way he demanded of others was huge and still huge at the club now. He's not playing as much as what he would have liked, mm -hmm. but his influence at the club will be huge for um, you know players round about him. And as much as he's not been playing, I still think he, he, he's got a huge say there. There's, a, there's something I wanted to, to ask me as well because you, you missed the Scottish Cup final there with obviously Hibs and you also missed the Scottish Cup final win for St Johnston as well. Um, that must make what you've just achieved so much special. You know, we've talked about it before we came on on the show. There's a picture of you standing obviously on the on the pitch there at Hamden yourself, take it all in. And I suppose gutted that the crowd wasn't there and the fans weren't there, but I take it 
that's why what you've just achieved at St Johnston would be quite special because you could have had opportunity there being part of both clubs to, to win both trophies. Absolutely. And when St Johnston won it the year I left, I was delighted for them because I'd worked with that group of boys. I knew how hard they worked. I got close with their families and everything. So I was honestly delighted for them. Same with Hibs. But you always want your moment in the sun, if you like. And yeah. um, I used that as inspiration. I, you know, I spoke to... Um, actually the chairman about that as well, like, you know, they've proven that, you know, you get the right balance, you get the right group of players, you get the right staff, you get the right spirit, then you can go and achieve stuff. And, you know, at St Johnston, look at us over the last 10, 11, 12 years, we've, we've had that. Um, and at 28, when I left Hibs and I never had a club, I could never have dreamed of, you know, lifting a trophy uh, at that stage, you know, certainly with St Johnston. Um, but they come back to St Johnston, you know, it's six years now that I've been back in the summer. Uh, to lift it with that club is, is huge. And I've missed out. You know, I, I generally thought it was a jinx. You know, I leave St. Johnson next year, they win the, the Scottish Cup. I leave Hibs the next season, they win the Scottish Cup. Um, so the semi final was huge. I've lost six semi finals in my career. Um, absolutely battered them. Aye, and especially the second half, it was, it was quite comfortable. Um, but to have the opportunity to play in a final and then to win it was incredible. And some of my best moments in football, um, and one thing I'm always jealous of when I see teams winning trophies is when I see them, and that was probably the biggest jealousy I had when St. Johnson won it, was seeing their families on the park with them and sharing the moments that you can't buy and you can never get back. And, um, you know, when I was at Hibs and I was captain, uh, we actually played Falkirk in the game and, you know, my Calvin, who's my oldest son, he was three at the time and he was mascot. And leading your son out at Easter Road as captain, you know, people will say what they want about me and, and listen, everyone's entitled to their opinion. But that for me was a moment that I'll never forget. And it was huge. And we still have the pictures now we look back on. And any moment I've had in my career, they've always been part of it. Sorry. There he is. See, they want to be part of it now <laughs> as well. Um, they, uh, and they've been mascots at St Johnson games. You know, when we finished third in the league, I had Calvin on the park with me and um, great moments to share with them. And one thing I always dreamed about was winning a trophy and having their moments on the park. So the picture that everyone talks about um, is me on the phone to them uh, on the Matt, park. And... Matt, Liam, I was speaking to Spoonie about this. So St Johnson won the Scottish Cup, but it was at Parkhead, wasn't it? Yeah, yeah. So, didn't he? so he never got to experience at Hamden, but then when he did win a trophy at Hamden, there's no bloody crowd, crowd there. <laughs> I know, incredible. And obviously grateful to, to be given the opportunity to win it. And I think winning it at 34, it probably just hit me hard because, you know, as a player, I've played over 500 senior games now. It might never happen again. Yeah. Um, and in the dressing room, you know, you talk about uh, David Wallerspoon, Stevie May, Michael Howard, and you know Murray Davidson, all part of that team that won the Scottish Cup um, in 2014, still here now. You know Liam Gordon, a St Johnson fan, David Wallerspoon, St Johnson fan, winning trophies for the club you support must be incredible. And for me to win a trophy with St Johnston as big as that, um, having done so much with the club, it was probably the one thing I still hadn't done for the club, and to to give the supporters that. And what's been a tough year for everybody um, to give the supporters that this year uh, was incredible. And when I went in the dressing room, it hit me hard. I, you know, I celebrated with the players and I sat down, I turned my phone on and reading messages for so many different people that's had an influence on your career. Um, and maybe you don't speak to all the time, but they know that they've had a big part in your career. Uh, it just hit me. And, you know, I'm not embarrassed to say now how emotional I got because every, you know, Bad performance, bad training session, you know, the, the heart of the relegation at Hibs, getting released at Ipswich, you know, leaving Falkirk, getting released at Hibs. All the days, all the hard work, all the sacrifices that you've made your whole career just for one day like that, you know, was worth it. And everyone that's helped me uh, get to that point, I'll be forever grateful for. And, you know, I would look back on my career whenever I do retire with a lot of satisfaction to have played the amount of games I've played. But Certainly, to win a, one of the major trophies at Hamden for a club that means so much to me is uh, definitely a highlight in my career and, and one I'll never forget. You, you talk, you've talked about your your whole journey, mate. You know, you starting from Ipswich, you know, 
the Hibs, the Hibs moment to me sounded like, as you said, a real tough moment in your career. You, you didn't, you didn't walk away from it. You know, you stayed there. You tried, you tried your best. It just happened to be the range, and I'm not, I'm not, I'm not glory hunting or saying it here, but Rangers happened to be in the league. who are obviously getting back to getting near their full strength. If Rangers hadn't have been in the league, you probably would have got promoted again, and you, you pretty much almost had them tipped, such as football. But I'd imagine you faced a lot of criticism around that time, and you know, I think that's where sometimes people forget playing professional sport has its ups, it has its downs, and I think the strength of character you've shown. Then going to St Johnston, starting again, getting that trophy. I can I can feel your passion coming out there because it's a lot of work that goes into it. It's no it's no always you know everyone thinks oh he's a footballer, his life's easy. It's, you know you might you probably had some nights where you were at home with a family thinking bloody hell man I'm, I'm struggling here. Listen, I talk openly about it now. That six months at Hibs when we got relegated was as tough as any because you know there's Hibs supporters everywhere. They're in Kelso or in Edinburgh. I remember going on holiday that summer um, and it was just a last minute thing because actually I played golf with Tommy Wright and he told me, he says, listen, get away on holiday. He says, get away for everything. And we went to Lanzarote last minute. Um, I thought we'd be fine here. Just relax. Get away for it all. Terry Butcher actually got sacked. I, I, honestly, I landed, turned my phone on and loads of messages like Butcher's away. So now you're captain, you're just touched on hot. You're getting phone calls for everyone saying, "What's happened here? What's what's going to happen?" Uh, unfortunately, I never had the answers at the time. But you were dealing with all this, even when you're trying to get away from it all. And then you get to the hotel, and there's Hibs supporters there. But Hibs supporting, they don't see you as a family, as a dad. They don't see you as a husband or any of that. They just see you as a football player for 90 minutes uh, on a Saturday, and you get judged on that. And that's not just the Hibs; that's just football in general. So. And with social media now as well, it, it's even tougher because, you know, you can't get away from it. Um, but no, I, I try and, as I say, I, I've made a lot of sacrifices. Like all players have, all professional sports people have to get to where you are. And certainly a moment like last Sunday makes it all worthwhile. Um, and as I say, I think the easiest contract I ever signed was that one at 16-year-old at Ipswich because everyone will take a chance on you at 16. Mm -hmm. Um but it's can you, you know, the hardest one I've ever got to sign is 34 year old. You know, fortunately, I've had no bad week in the last week. I've won a cup, I've uh, scored the winner against Hibs. Uh, maybe it's a good time now to go and ask the chairman for a new contract. I don't know, but um, no, I've loved it. I mean, when I was young, growing up, I would have loved just to have played a professional foot, one professional football game, never mind score the amount of goals I've scored and have had the experience I've had and had the atmospheres. And as tough as time as it was at Hibs. Um, and that's why probably I missed not having my family there last week as well because even if I get beat at St Johnston, they've got to put up with you when you come home at night, you know, and like because it is your job at the end of the day. Um, and that time at Hibs, they went through a lot as well. I mean, the, the day I scored two goals at Kilmarnock, the day after my little girl was born, so yeah. you know, she she can't remember any of the Hibs stuff, but as a dad. No, I wouldn't go to certain places. You know, me and my wife used to go to Edinburgh quite regular for a meal or a night out, a couple of drinks, and they'd do it bat an island. You know, at that time, you couldn't do it because, obviously, in the position we were in the league, and, you know, it does have that hold on you. Um, but as I say, there was some good times there as well, scoring the winner in the, in the Edinburgh Derby in front of a full house at Easter Road was incredible. Um, you know, the 4-0 game against Rangers on, yeah. uh, I think it was Boxing Day, maybe. Uh, no, it wasn't. It was the 27th of December, so it was my birthday. <laughs> How could I forget that? Um, you know, scoring more than a hat-trick in professional football at Easter Road, albeit, as I say, against them in the League Cup. Uh, there was some great memories there, the ones I tell you about. You know, and the stuff that people didn't see. I mean, I spoke earlier about how I loved going to watch my dad play football just so I could get a shot in the nets. I was doing this on Easter Road with my kids before and after games. Right. You know, some great pictures there, uh, uh, memories I shared with them, and Listen, devastated with, with how it turned out at Hibs. But again, it, it's built a, a mentality and added to my character and the resilience within myself to go and keep proving people wrong. Because at 28, I was struggling to get a training session. Six years later, a club that, you know, everyone me knows how much St. Johnson means to me. Um, you know, I'm still playing in the Premier League. Just won uh, the League Cup. An opportunity to go and finish in the top six this season. Um, 
and the three, biggest years, thing three, four years left in you, yeah, old boy. You know, you get life is good, mate. Life is good. I was going I was to ask you, actually. I was going to ask Liam. Mention you got you already technically answered the question for any young players who face adversity. What would your advice be? But I think you said you know, you got to prove people wrong, don't you, and keep going. I'm one of them that you know, even in if I go into coaching, you know, even with football. And it's probably built up over the years. It's harder when you're younger, but I would rather try something and fail than no try at all. You know, I think um, I'll look back on my career and people say about why did you leave to go to Hibs? You know, maybe would have looked back on my career and, you know, I still look back now. I've no regrets at all, but could I have played in England? You know, these are just questions you ask yourself. So I don't regret that I've never played in England, but you think some players that have maybe you know, went down there and done well, and you think, you know, could I have went down there and done well and maybe progressed? Uh, but like I say, no regrets. I've, I've been lucky enough. I've had good people around me um, for when I was younger. I've had good senior pros. Jack Ross was my captain at Falkirk, who's Hibs manager now. Mm-hmm. Someone that I can phone and um, ask for advice. And, and the good thing for that is it's not just, you know, football advice, you know, just advice in general. Um, Paul Sheehan, who I played with at St Johnston, he was a senior pro at the time. He's Aberdeen first team coach now. Another person that I know I can phone, Callum Davidson, obviously my manager now, but someone that I played with and you know I look up to. And how, now, how big's Callum been, Liam? How big's Callum been this year? Obviously taking over with Tommy Wright, it's, it's unbelievable achievement for him. You know, and, and he's a Saints lad through and through as well, isn't he? No, incredible. I mean, whoever was taken over from Tommy was always going to have a tough job for what Tommy done and what Tommy gave the club. But for Callum to come in. Um, p- p- developing the young players that are already there, um, winning a tr- like a trophy in his first season, uh, and I, and I, as I say, he's still got the opportunity to finish in the top six. Uh, it's been incredible and, and something to really build on. And I just think a lot of credit's got to go to St Johnson as a club. Obviously, Callum Davidson came through the youth setup back in ninety. I'll be, I'll be careful here, ninety six, ninety seven, I think. But that's it. And then he moved on to a £1.75 million move to Blackburn. And now, you know, he's back in charge of the club when we've got a group of players that have came through with you, Ali McCann, Liam Gordon, um, Chris Kane, Xander Clark, Jason Kerr, all good young players coming through that, you know, the club are either going to sell them for a lot of money or the club's going to be in a great position moving forward. Well, Liam, you're, you're, you're sort of t- sitting seventh now, mate, 12 points behind, um, I think 12 points behind 33rd or fourth or something, fourth, sorry. Um, why, the, the, the team I watched beat Hibs, right, with that performance, you know, and Hibs, Hibs, are, you know, Hibs are no mugs this year. Why are you where you are in the league? Is that not, are you not a top five team, the way you performed that day and, and, and the results you've got? Why, why is it not up to that next level yet? No, I think at the start of the season, obviously the manager came in, he implemented what he wanted to do, and I think the players actually done it really well. What we never had at the start of the season was probably strength and depth up front. Um, you know, Chris Kane was injured. Guy obviously wasn't here at the time. Stevie May was injured. Um, so we're actually playing well. I mean, you go back to the performance at the weekend, the manager said after, it's probably the worst we've played all season, but we've managed to dig out a result. Whereas at the start of the season, who are playing well and we just one they converting our chances and you know teams are always going to get a spell in the game when they're on top so you look back Hibs scored a last minute penalty against us beat us 1-0 Aberdeen scored with a couple of minutes to go to beat us 1-0 Ross County had one touch in our box I think uh, over 90 minutes and beat us 1-0 yeah. um, Motherwell beat us 1-0 down there so there was loads of tight games that you know we've turned the corner now whereas we're turning the tight games into wins um, or we're not getting beat whereas if we'd done that at the start of the season we would have been in a much better position but as you say there Hibs you know they're third for a reason um, because they are a good side um, and at the start of the season you know were they playing that much better than what they're playing now um, they were just you know maybe they were getting that wee bit more luck then than what because even that day they beat us 1-0 Calum Henry scores a header that's onside but the linesman put his flag up you know so wee things like that you know went against us whereas you know, at the weekend, I'm probably more happy about that tackle on Nisbet as last man as what I was about the goal. And at the time, I knew it was a clean tackle. You know, at the start of the season, the referee might have sent me off. You know, because he might have seen it just slightly different. That's not having a go at the referee. It happens so fast. So I just... It's not, like you, Liam, it's not like you have a go at the referee, mind. Let's be honest. No, 
no, as I say, I was I watched senior pros when I was growing up, and I thought I'm going to have a bit of that as well. Um, and I thought it was just enough, the, red, I, the red hair, it's not just the ginger hair, it's another fiery character. I, well, that, that doesn't help, to be fair. <laughs> uh, and then I'm playing with Spoonie, who doesn't speak to anybody, so I'm doing his shouting as well for him. So, uh, I mean, sure, he's my try, roommate now. Try, try and interview the guy for an hour, mate. Oh, he's just pulling teeth. Try sharing a room with him. We go away now, and you know, he's my roommate now, and I just look good at times. Honestly, we're on pre-season. Like, I'm in mid-conversation with him last uh, two pre-seasons ago over in Belfast. And I turned around waiting for an answer. And he sat upright in his bed, sound asleep like that. <laughs> I'm going, what's wrong with this guy? Honestly, he's... Uh, but I love him, to be fair. Like, I remember when I went to Hibs, actually, he still had a week or two left on his contract. And he was in training. And I just thought, by the way, how good is this player? Um, and couldn't believe that he wasn't actually signing longer at Hibs at the time. And... You know, Hibbs' loss has certainly been St. Johnson's gain when you see what he's done, you know, winning two cups with him. The level of performance this year, for, you know, from him in particular has been incredible. This year. Is it because he's playing in a better position or do you think he's getting the, the more opportunity? Or? Uh, maybe a bit of both. I think, you know, St. Johnson's always loved him. Tommy loved him. Callum loves him. The fans love him. Um, I just think now that the way we're playing now, he can drop into the wee holes, pockets and get on the half turn and, you know, I say the same with him and Callum Booth. It must have just been something they did at Hibs Academy because none of them are the fastest players in the world. He's disclosed a week in the jail. Aye, but see the way they moved their hips, that wee chop that the two of them have got aye. just to get half a yard to, to get a shot or a crossaway is uh, incredible. And no, as I said, I think right now St. Johnson's in a really good place in terms of the young players coming through. Um, and we've got a good mix there as well with people like David Witherspoon and Marcel, Craig Bryson, Craig Conway, Murray Davidson, Michael Halloran. It's a good balance there. And, you know, I think moving forward, the club and the supporters should be excited about uh, what could happen with the club. Definitely. What's next for you then, mate? You mentioned coaching there quite a bit. Is that is that the plan moving forward? Do you want to do that? No, absolutely. As I say, I moved away a week after I turned 16. I've been involved in full-time football ever since. Um, I went back to university uh, last year, Napier Uni. Um, it was a course run with the PFA in Napier University, just in terms of it was to do with football management and not to do with you know putting cones out and putting sessions on. It was to do with the, like the the whole background of a football club, um, and that was brilliant for me in terms of getting that side. Of, you know, how do you manage a chairman? How do you manage the supporters? How do you manage social media? How do you manage players? Um, you know, when you're even when you're going to look at, you know, maybe applying for a job, is that the right job for you? You know, you start to look at, you know, what do they give managers an opportunity and you know the area it's in, you know, who are you competing with in terms of signing players or or getting supporters through the door. So it was great to develop that side of management and not just the actual coaching side, if you like, as well. So I've done my A license as well. I passed that two years ago. Um so in the background, you know, like David Willerspoon and like you know, David Gray at Hibs as well. Players are, you know, on the ball in terms of, you know, wanting to get better. I think doing the, the coaching badges makes you a better player as well. It makes you appreciate just how hard it is to coach and yeah. how much effort goes into putting on sessions. So that's uh, further down the line. Absolutely, that's what I want to get into. And as I say, I've had a lot of good senior players uh, in my career. Uh, and right now I'm enjoying being that senior figure um, in the dressing room. And helping the young players because as much as agents and, and that can be great and families and friends can be great, I still think you know senior players have got a huge part to play in dressing rooms because there's no much that they've they've no seen and no done um, that they can help players with, especially younger players. And as I say, I've been lucky that I've had good senior pros about me, and now I just want to be that pro for the younger players. So even when I'm not playing. Um, you know, still, first and foremost, you've got to be a good teammate. You've got to support the players that are playing because if a club has ever got to be successful, it's going to take the full squad. And St. Johnson, certainly this year, um, you can see that in any time I've been at St. Johnson, it's not been down to 11 individuals or a coaching staff. It's been down to the whole club. And particularly this year, with all the protocols and restrictions, um, it's not just been the playing side of the, the, the football club that's had to buy into it. It's been the whole club. Yeah. Um, and that's why winning the cup last last week, uh, this season, you know, made it even more special. Yeah. Mate, listen, 
I want to thank you for that. Um, I really appreciate you coming on. Um, it's really good to hear your story. Um, just to really show, you know, show the passion you've had for the game um, and what it's meant to you, uh, you know, winning the cup recently, you know, getting through the hard times, mate. So I really appreciate your time, and uh, I'm sure Shaky would like to say thanks so much for coming on as well. Yeah, mate, it's been a, it's been an absolute pleasure. Great insight, mate. Great, great insight. You know, you get to it's, it's great to hear different stories, but you've really talked about, you know, from a very young age, you know, the excitement of getting into it and the tough moments of it in the middle of your career. And then, you know, you're winning a cup. Like I said, you're looking fit, three, four more years left and you don't think about the coaching yet, just yet. But it's great that you're already. That's another thing that I think is improving in sport. People are preparing sportsmen better for when, it, when they finish up. And I think that course sounds like it would have done you done you the world of good. But stay on for stay on for one second. We'll catch you at the end. But thank you very much for your time, my friend.